3: This episode of Everything Under the Sun is sponsored by NHTSA. Sadly, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of those incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's. So if you see a child unattended and you can't locate their parents, call 911. If the child looks unresponsive, do whatever it takes to get him or her out safely, including breaking the window. Your actions could save the life of a child.
2: From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast featuring in-depth interviews with experts from AccuWeather and from around the world bringing you behind-the-scenes information, stories, and news on the weather, climate change, and the outdoors, covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now, here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather Meteorologist, Dean
3: DeVore. As we welcome you into the 10th episode of our summer series here on Everything Under the Sun, we've really been hearing a lot about this rampant increase in the number of COVID cases with the new Delta variant taking hold, and we've also been hearing a lot about smoke and wildfires that have been affecting not only the visibility, but also the air quality. How do those things relate to each other? Well, we think there is a big relation and we're going to talk to some folks who did a study to see last summer the kind of nexus between wildfire smoke, air quality, and COVID, and how that will be playing out as we go forward. Some really good information coming up as it's time to sit back and relax and talk about everything under the sun. As many of you know, I spent a week in Provincetown, Massachusetts uh, in the uh, second full week of July, and uh, as we were getting there, we were hearing about the unfolding of a hotspot for COVID, and especially the Delta variant. Uh, I think of over 900 cases out of that Provincetown area. Fortunately, no deaths, but there were some hospitalizations. Fortunately, my partner Joel and I have tested uh, negative for the COVID virus since we got back from Provincetown, but we have many of our friends who did not. That also was about the same time where we were seeing the first real ramp up of that wildfire smoke from the wildfires that have been burning in Canada and out west to kind of coalesce and come towards the eastern seaboard. And so that nexus between the COVID concerns and wildfire smoke is something that a lot of people were talking about. And that goes back to a study that was done last year that some of the results just came out a couple of months ago, that study done by the Desert Research Institute, about how there could be a connection between air quality and wildfire smoke. We want to welcome in Daniel Kaiser, one of the senior research assistants who kind of helped put that study together to talk about the study and what we learned. And we'll talk with John Porter, Senior Vice President from AccuWeather.com, who's in charge of our weather content and our operation and is our chief meteorologist. We'll talk to him about how AccuWeather is kind of meeting that challenge by looking at air quality and health and those kinds of things. It's time to talk to Dan Kaiser from the Desert Research Institute Institute here on everything under the sun. Daniel, tell me a little bit about the Desert Research Institute. And, and I've been reading a little bit about it. And it seems to me it's 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 part of the University of Nevada educational system. You guys are located in Reno. You've had a long history, what, 60 years of doing all kinds of research environmentally, meteorologically, all those kinds of things, right?
4: Yeah, that's correct. And actually, we're based in Las Vegas as well. So there's two locations. Um, I believe the larger campus is here in Reno. Um, But yeah, over the last 60 years, there's been a lot of environmental research conducted here. A lot of the focus has been on hydrology and atmospheric sciences and um, geology and soil science. Um, Just recently, um, we've been branching out more into public health. Joe Jimski, my PI, uh, started the Healthy Nevada Project, which is a population health study um, where people can sign up for free genetic testing. We um, give them uh, reports on certain uh, what's considered a tier one. Uh, Genetic mutations, such as familial hypercholesterolemia or BRCA mutations. And so, you know, there's a big um, connection, obviously, between environmental factors and public health. And so this just makes sense for a direction to, to go.
3: So we are going to talk today about this study that you actually did last year Mm -hmm. as this pandemic was unfolding with COVID. And, you know, um, the last year's fire season was bad. As I'm looking at some of the numbers and some of the stories that I've been reading, I think the folks in California are already saying that they think this fire season is worse than last year's was in the state of California. We've had all kinds of wildfires other places. We live uh, AccuWeathers based, as you may know, in the in the east. We've had wildfire smoke issues, not as much from the Western wildfires in the United States, but more so from the Canadian wildfires, Central Canada. So the study that you all did last year, which was trying to look at that kind of um, relationship between wildfire smoke and as that pollute, the pollutants, the particulate matters, and we're going to talk a little bit about that because I don't think people truly understand all of that jargon sometimes, but how that kind of interacted with uh, COVID spikes that we were seeing last year during the wildfires, and I think you guys came to the conclusion that um, definitely wildfire smoke contributed to areas like Reno, uh, where there was more particulate matters in the atmosphere, and the number of cases of COVID went up during those times. So there's definitely seems to be a relationship, and I think sometimes we're seeing that a little bit in front of our eyes here in 2021 as well
4: yeah so I think I think we have to be careful about our language. you know, I think to say that we definitely they definitely contributed might be a little too far. We certainly saw a strong association, um and there are reasons to think that that association would be would be causal.
3: Well and I and I would think that any diminished lung capacity um would uh, certainly trigger problems and enhancements with covid. But let's talk about this a little bit. I, you know, um, and as a meteorologist who's on the air, big cities and on the radio, you know, we try to you know talk about air quality. The one that I think most people kind of are in tune with is the ozone levels. That's been talked about a lot, but then you get particulate matter. And really that's kind of like dust or Pieces of bad things that are in the air in the atmosphere that don't belong are foreign and probably bad for your body. And then there's what I understand is a couple of different sizes of that, right? Is that the number that you see that PM two point five? Is is that how that goes?
4: Yeah. So what we were looking at is PM two point five, which is particulate matter that is smaller than two point five microns in diameter, uh, which is very small. Um, It's also called fine particulate matter, and so it's very easy to inhale it deep in the lungs. And um, so that makes it potentially more harmful. when, say, like larger particulate matter, you might also hear about PM ten, which is any particulate matter that's smaller than ten microns in diameter. Um, so that's a little larger; uh, doesn't get as inhaled as deeply as the fine stuff. And so we're mostly concerned with the, in the work that we're doing with uh, the fine particulate matter
3: right because the fine the fine particular matter travels more easily the the bigger stuff actually falls down because of gravity quickly so mm-hmm. this fine particular matter can be suspended in the atmosphere in the upper levels of the as we're seeing thousands of miles across the united states and even from here over into Europe, uh, where there's been some some of that smoke has come from Canada over to Europe, too. So it it does that. And eventually in some areas, it, it really a lot of times depends on the atmospheric makeup at that particular time. If you think of the atmosphere, the, the jet stream is a current or a river of air. It's that jet stream that kind of directs that. And so, like, I think as we're recording this here midweek, it seems like there's a pretty good shot of that Canadian smoke that's aimed right at the upper Great Lakes. Lakes and um, places like Wisconsin, Chicago is pretty hazy as we record this on a Wednesday afternoon, and so you know we're seeing bits of that. It got pretty bad here. I you know I hadn't seen air quality and and the sky look like it did for days here a couple of weeks ago in the Northeast. And you know as I go back to when I was a kid in the '70s and we had emissions issues and all kinds of problems. So I think you know obviously folks need to keep an eye on this here because. The bottom line, Daniel, is these wildfires aren't going away uh, and for weeks and maybe even months. This is going to be an ongoing issue here.
4: Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we're still right at the beginning of the wildfire season. You know, there's still the potential for more fires to get started. So, we could be seeing a really bad uh, smoke season. Um, so, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on that people need to be cautious about the exposure to wildfire smoke. You know, I think that if you are able to obtain, say, like an N95 mask, It could be worth it, you know, because of just the extended period of of smoke that we may experience. Like the surgical masks or the cloth masks that are typically worn for COVID, they're not going to keep particulate matter like PM 2.5 out of your lungs. And so something that may be a little bit more protective would be, say, an N95 or a KN95 mask.
3: You did this study last year, Daniel, uh, from about May to October, which is high fire season for you guys out there. Are yeah. you guys repeating that this year? Are you doing more of those these kinds of studies this year? Yeah, with yeah the we, um, we
4: would like to look into that this year. Um, you know, it kind of depends on the number of cases we see because of the Delta variant, um, the number of smoky days that we get, whether we would have enough data to really look into it again you know, hopefully we wouldn't really see much. You know, there's a lot of differences between this year and last year. One of the biggest being is that now, you know, over 50% of the population in Reno is vaccinated. Um, and so we would expect to see that be something that would hopefully um, reduce the impact of the wildfire smoke on the spread of COVID-19.
3: But we're also seeing, um, you know, people that are vaccinated with the the Delta variant uh, succumbing to it. And um, any, illness, whether it's COVID or any upper respiratory illness that, you know, diminishes your lung capacity of your ability to breathe is going to get affected by uh, this wildfire smoke. So, you know, as we talk on our AccuWeather.com channels and Certainly, if we talk to folks here on the podcast, yeah, that's going to continue. Um, What were some of the things from last year that you kind of uh, gleaned from the study and and other people? And I know you got a a bunch of folks that worked on this. uh, Just some things that maybe that we haven't talked about that you gleaned from that study that uh, might be important to people as as they think about dealing with this uh, for the rest of this year and maybe even beyond next
0: year as well.
4: Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, you know, we already know that wildfire smoke is hazardous to your health. Um, clearly, COVID-19 can be hazardous to your health. And so, you know, the big takeaway, you know, I feel like from what we saw, you know, the association that we saw between COVID-19 cases that are health in particular matter, is that whatever you can do to reduce your exposure to both COVID-19 and to wildfire smoke is, is a good idea. Um, of course, you know, the easiest way to reduce your exposure to COVID-19 is to be vaccinated. And that's the easiest and most effective way. Then also, you know, trying to reduce your exposure to wildfire smoke as much as possible. Um, you know, if the air quality is really bad, it's a good idea to avoid strenuous um, activity outdoors. So that you're not inhaling that particulate matter really deep into your lungs. Certainly, if you can find um, a mask that works for particulate matter, it's also um, something that could be beneficial, and just in general, you know, we already know that you know we we don't want to be breathing in particulate matter. Um, we certainly don't want to be exposing ourselves to COVID. So in some ways, you know, this is just sort of a call to continue doing what people are already doing. Um, but it's just yet one more reason to be cautious when the air quality is really like bad. And you know, the reason to think that you know our results, you know don't just apply to wildfire smoke. You know, there have been other studies that have looked at urban air pollution and seen an association between COVID-19 and urban particulate matter. Um, and so there's a reason to be um, cautious in the air quality is bad in general, not-
3: I think uh, the biggest thing this all has done is made us even more aware of air quality on our day-to-day life. And and it can change not only day by day, it can then change hour by hour. You know, you can start waking up with a gorgeous blue sky and then by mid-afternoon, it looks gray and dingy. So these things can change. Daniel, I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks to you and all the folks at uh, Desert Research Institute for the hard work on this. And we'll uh, check in again if you guys get more information about this relationship between wildfires fire, smoke, and COVID-19. Thanks.
4: Well, Thank you for your interest.
3: So now I'd like to bring in Senior Vice President for Weather Content and Forecast Operations and our Chief Meteorologist here at AccuWeather, Jonathan Porter, to kind of pick up as we uh, talk to Dan Kaiser about that study, which certainly is uh, really uh, very important now, I think, as we go through this year because of the increased amounts of COVID that we're seeing again with the Delta variant, now the Delta Plus variant, and this story of wildfires and smoke problems that are going to continue to plague many parts of our country, not only for the next couple of weeks, but really months. And and John, as as we look at this, I know AccuWeather has really, over the last couple of years, even before this thought about smoke and air pollution and covid And that nexus between how one would affect the other or vice versa, we'd already been planning to really up our forecasting uh, situation in terms of air quality and looking at that. And I think we've done a great job. And it seems like that part of the equation, not only whether to get it right, whether it's going to rain or not or be sunny or not. But how good the air is becomes more and more important every day when we look at it.
1: Dean, I think that's uh, spot on, and in fact, that's the response that we've heard from our consumers and also our our business customers here at AccuWeather, who have had a increasing interest in air quality, recognizing the real toll. That air quality has on human health in terms of the kinds of damage that can quickly happen if people are breathing in these fine particulates or uh, or some of the gases that uh, result in air quality reductions, it can have real health impacts. And uh, here at AccuWeather, we actually believe that uh, air pollution is the number one weather-related impact to people globally. Uh, even more than uh, impacts, negative impacts to people's health and safety from hurricanes and from flooding, flooding, from, all from, kinds from of from other the, types from of the, severe weather, the
3: traditional weather, things that we tracked and said, oh, these are really bad things. This part of it becomes even more damaging in the long term to our human health.
1: It, it sure does. It's, as you said, really bad um, when you start uh, breathing in continuously uh, air that is polluted. And uh, increasingly, as we're seeing across the country here, even in the last couple of weeks, the places that are seeing air quality reductions as a result of some of the wildfire smoke has been widespread. The smoke is being transferred thousands and thousands of miles away from where it's being produced.
3: And and part of it, too, is, look, I'm, a, I'm mid-50s. You're just a tad younger, John. <laughs> but um, we... You know, grew up, at least I grew up with air pollution general issues when I was a kid in the 70s. So, you know, looking outside at times, I would see here in Pennsylvania gray skies a lot. You know, there was that. and, and But that was more emissions from the surface that we were doing with the cars and, and the fuel and that kind of thing. Now, um, again, and this is a different scenario because uh, a lot of this goes back to, and I don't want to get caught in the minutiae here, but... Practices in terms of the way we forested those areas out west. So more fires, worse fires. I mean, I was looking at the satellite last night. You could see the fire on the infrared goes satellite. That's how hot these fires are. So these are going to continue to burn. So, yeah, it's it's something I don't think a lot of us, and especially younger folks, are used to. Why is the sky so gray and t- tinged with gray when it feels so good and beautiful out? That's a little counterintuitive.
1: It, it is, and it also um, has been surprising to some people that, uh, as we talked about days in advance here at AccuWeather, when it happened, uh, the episodes on the East Coast where right. – The smoke has been not only just obscuring the sky, as you mentioned, Dean, but actually down to the ground to the point where you're smelling it, right? Right. And, 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 yeah,
3: we weren't – you know, it was funny. I went through that a couple of weeks ago, and, I, I, you know, somebody was like smelling smoke. I'm I'm wondering about that. But, yeah, just the way the atmosphere can work sometimes, it can force it down, and especially when we get the longer stretches of heat and humidity – uh, which seems to like trap and get, you know, you get so stagnant. So yeah. I, I wanted to talk to you and again. We're talking to John Porter here, our Senior Vice President for Weather Content and Forecast Operations, our Chief Meteorologist. What are some of the things AccuWeather is doing? I know we have partnered with some folks to get better air quality information that we put on our app and put on our website on a daily basis. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's a great tool, and it's available for free on the AccuWeather app. You just uh, – Download our AccuWeather app out of the App Store or Google Play and uh, search AccuWeather to do that. And right on the home screen, Dean, to your yep. point, we have uh, the air quality index mm. uh, down to your neighborhood. Now, air quality is an interesting thing because it can vary quite a lot, just like the weather. We know, In a day. <laughs> in, in, a, in a day. <laughs> I in mean, an hour, and
3: right? I'm right, right. And we've seen that, too, on some days where I look at St. Louis and I look at all the webcams. Clear as a bell. By the afternoon, it's all hazy because that Bit of smoke in the atmosphere has moved, and that can happen into the surface quickly, like you, you said.
1: You got it, and that's available. You can see how it is today, and then our forecast out to the next several days, hour by hour, pinpointed down to your neighborhood. And it's a great tool to if you're going to think about um, protecting yourself, enhancing your health around, uh, minimizing outdoor activities during these times when. Uh, when there are air, are air quality problems. Now, the other thing I'll mention, that's for, again, accessible for free, everybody. We also have that on maps, so you can see how it varies across your area and across the state or around the country, if you're interested as well, uh, as well as that information being provided globally. Now, for businesses, Dean, we also are providing right. some new unique services around alerting uh, around air quality. And this is
3: under our AccuWeather for Business umbrella.
1: Yes, around the AccuWeather from, for Business umbrella, because some states, like California, for example, California's uh, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, CalOSHA, has rules that they put into place last year that when the air quality goes above 150, so that's when there starts to be some uh, real concerns from a pollution perspective, and then again when that air quality index gets above 500, that's a really, really bad air quality day. There are certain rules that employers who have people working outside – have to provide N95 masks and make wow. other accommodations. So we tie directly into those different levels and notify businesses on a location-by-location basis through our SkyGuard platform so that they can start uh, enhancing safety for uh, for their staff members, and make sure that they're compliant, which is obviously very important with the state regulations. So we're going to see more and more of that, Dean, right. I think. And I think the forward. the
3: other thing that we can do, John, is educate, because I think one of these things, and, and sometimes with all these indices and stuff, it, people don't understand. I mean, we did that a little bit with, with Mr. Kaiser there, talking about what the difference between fine particulate matter 2.5 mm-hmm. and 20 and ozone and those, those kinds of things. But yeah, as we educate people of what those numbers really mean, I mean... We know that a temperature of 90 or better feels hot. We know that a wind that's 60 miles per hour or stronger can be damaging. What do those numbers mean? And I think we'll continue to do that. Um, You know, this wildfire situation, as I said, from a forecast standing point, I mean, I just don't see this alleviating anytime time soon in the next few months. Those uh, Canadian wildfires, probably another month or two, and the ones out west, I mean, that could be several months as this it, continues.
1: It could be several months, and you, as, as you point out, we're starting now to get into the heart of the wildfire season here over the coming months in places like Northern California and then eventually Southern California as we head through um, the end of the summer and into the fall. So those fires, unfortunately, that situation is going to be getting worse which creates more of an opportunity for the western United States and other parts of the country, right. as we've seen, to be dealing with a smoke issue. Even if your community is not affected by a wildfire, um, there's the possibility that you could be dealing with health impacts uh, from uh, from the a significant wildfire season that we're talking about, underpinned by this horrible multi-year drought across the south or across the southwest
3: jonathan porter senior vice president for weather content and forecast operations and our chief meteorologist thank you we'll continue to watch this issue but i think it's important again this nexus between our health with covid and uh, things that we're seeing in terms of air quality we'll continue to look at that when we come back we're going to talk about the weather for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond you're listening to everything under the sun from accuweather.com
2: This podcast is sponsored by the NHTSA. Every year, children die from being left alone in cars. If you see a child left unattended, call 911 immediately.
3: And welcome back to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com, episode number 10 of our summer series as we get you ready to weatherproof your life for this upcoming weekend and the week beyond. We take a look at the weather of those time periods in this Last segment of our podcast, um, senior meteorologist Dave Dombeck back on the program with me. And Dave, uh, you know, what a break over the northeast for the last few days and and the Great Lakes and the Midwest over to the northeast in terms of heat and humidity. I think a lot of people scratched their heads over the last several days and wondered if this was really August with some of these cool temperatures that are looking to be going to be retreating here pretty darn soon.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, I mean... The uh, last few mornings, it's like, yeah, is this, is this August? Is this the middle of summer or is this like the start of fall? And, you know, typically you will get a, a, a nice little stretch here somewhere in the middle of summer, but we know it doesn't last. This time of year is climatologically the, the most humid time of the year. That's just what happens this time of the year. So, yes, it's, it's been enjoyable. It's been refreshing. We've had the air conditioners and fans and all that off, but we're going to be turning them on again in the very near future. That's just, that's just par for the course, what's going to happen.
3: Of course, uh, out west, are saying, what are you talking about? It's just been stifling hot, and that continues. And as we look at the, uh, the snapshot of the weather for the weekend, the big thing to me is there's still some amplification. In other words, there's still some peaks and valleys in it. Mm-hmm. But the general jet stream for most of the country, with the exception over the weekend of the maybe the Northeast and Great Lakes, it's really lifting up, and so that we're going to see that heat return even farther north in the West, more opportunities for wildfires. So as we've been saying in this podcast this week, these wildfires, whether they're in Canada or west the western part of the United States, it's just not going away for weeks, months uh, here for the next, and anyway. so we're going to keep dealing with the, the smoke coming eastward.
0: No, that's that's exactly right, Dean, and actually we you're talking about the overall pattern and the lifting of the jet and everything um, really my my quick thought my qu- uh, snapshot look at the pattern and my my initial reaction was August I mean that's that's typically what you see in August the jet is, reaching really its it 's farthest north point now, maybe for the next month or so, climatologically, and you 're right we 've got these little ripples, these little disturbances that will come along in the flow you 're not going to lift the jet stream all the way to the north pole it 's going to go so far right. and it 's going to stop you know near that you know in the northern tier of states and into southern Canada, you are going to have some wrinkles and ripples that'll come through each time that one of those goes through that 's your increased opportunity for some showers and thunderstorms, but overall. Nothing to me, other than the heat, the extreme heat out west and the dryness, nothing really looks like way out of whack on the weather map for this time of the year, from what I'm seeing. Which is
3: finally good, because we've been out of whack a lot. You know, all this cool air coming down at times, which has been unseasonable, and then you know, one thing that that's done is kind of spun up something in the uh, Atlantic Basin, it seems like. When we have that retreat, something spins up. Now, Mm -hmm. we didn't have that. We had a pretty good soaking rainstorm right along the eastern seaboard as we went uh, Wednesday night into Thursday, but then that's out of our hair. So, I think the Northeast um, Better Beach Week for places like New York and and Boston, building in, at least the front side of it. Friday and Saturday look pretty good. We may start to see another piece of energy try to come up along the coast as we go through the weekend. So, if you're in the Delmarva beaches and, and Mid Atlantic beaches down into the Carolinas and then even up to New York City, I think we got to watch for some timing of shower and thunderstorms as we go through Sunday.
0: No, that that's exactly right. I think you you hit you nailed that, uh, Dean. The overall pattern here getting into the weekend. And, and you're right. We, we have a, a Bermuda high, which, you know, this time of the year is, is typically going to be in its strong phase. And at times it pulses back a little west, a little east. But uh, during those times when it builds a little bit and it does come back closer to the coast, if indeed there is an old frontal boundary out there, which there is, it's an old front that really is not going away. It's oscillating back and forth. The one wave, like I said, southeast New England got nailed with some of that. Four rain.
3: inches of rain over this, uh, it, it, more in some places.
0: Very, yeah, v- and a very sharp gradient. It went from like heavy, heavy rain to nothing in a, in a short distance. We, we were all
3: glad this wasn't a snowstorm, folks, because in the Boston area, we went at zero to four feet.
0: This this would have been a, a, a really, a, one of those nail biters and a and, and, a, and yep, hair pulling out. Well, of course, I don't have much hair to you know, pull neither out. Neither do I. <laughs> but, but no, talking about the weekend, I am a little concerned, and I, I know you are too, Uh, that we got the Bermuda High offshore, we still have that boundary out there, and if there's just enough energy in the atmosphere, the upper levels of the atmosphere, to maybe tickle what's going on down at the surface, there could actually be a a well-defined wave that comes up and gets a little close to the coast, or actually affects... Some of the coastal areas, the beaches, second half of the weekend, that is a little bit of a concern. We'll have to watch that. But yeah, you know, you're right. Overall and generally, we're going into a more humid pattern uh, in in the northeastern states, the mid Atlantic states, a lot of the country. It's again, it's yeah. it's typical August. St. Louis going into their fifth heat
3: wave. I mean, they had a nice break in the 80s for them in the early August. It was incredible. But here we go, another heat wave building in, and of course the hot uh, air out west. One thing you did mention, and and I think it, it's part and parcel with the jet stream lifting up with this warmer air, we don't see as many severe storms in August, Right, but I think the exception, there's always an exception to the rule, and that may be the upper Midwest, Great Lakes here, with some of these little impulses coming down later on in the mm-hmm. weekend and into early next week, there could be some strong to severe storms in some of those areas, and maybe even translating a little farther eastward as we get in the early
0: part of next week. Well, that, that's right, Dean, and, and if you look at you know, your severe weather uh, in early to mid-August, it's Oftentimes not down in the deep south, not in the southern plains. It tends to be in the Dakotas, Minnesota, you know, the upper Midwest, the Great Lakes, into the parts of the northeast at times. So that is very normal for this time of the year. But generally, your thunderstorm season and your severe weather season is gradually starting to wane. You're on the curve now where you're just gradually starting to wind down. It's a long process. But, hey, happy solar autumn right uh this this weekend
3: yep it uh it arrived here at the, as we uh, made the turn at the end of the weekend and the weekend it's a little depressing to me dave um because i enjoy being a person that works uh, like four o'clock in the morning to noon i enjoy the earlier sunrises and we're certainly seeing those getting later and later and certainly the sunsets are getting earlier and earlier so again recapping Some showers and thunderstorms start in the southeast, may come up along the eastern seaboard as the weekend wears on. I have to keep an eye on showers and thunderstorms early in the weekend in the northern plains. I think as we get longer into the weekend, it gets into the Great Lakes, some stuff that uh, could be strong to severe. Fire danger increasing out west as we get another hot, dry spell moving farther north. And we'll keep an eye on all of those things as you weatherproof your life with the AccuWeather.com app. Happy solar autumn, yes. Yes, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Dave Dombeck here on Everything Under the Sun. And that'll do it for episode number 10 of the summer series of our weekly podcast, Everything Under the Sun, here from AccuWeather.com. Big thank you to uh, Daniel Kaiser, Jonathan Porter, Dave Dombeck, and to our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, for all their hard work behind the scenes. And certainly big thanks to our hundreds of team members across the world here at AccuWeather.com that help weatherproof your life every day. Whether it's on your AccuWeather app, on our great website, AccuWeather.com, or on our AccuWeather network or our great network partners, which uh, certainly I appreciate to be able to talk to you and these uh, great radio stations that I work with every week. We'll be giving you the story about the weather and how it interacts with your life. You know, you come to AccuWeather for the weather and you stay for your life, and that's what we try to do here at Everything Under the Sun. We'll be back with episode number 11 as we start to make that turn to summer towards fall as August continues to roll on. For all of us with AccuWeather, thanks for listening. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. We'll see you next week. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com.
2: Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.